Welcome to the Redacted Recover Your Mind podcast. During this this podcast, podcast, you'll hear things things that'll scare you, intrigue you, and make you doubt reality. But I assure you, none of this is made up for propaganda. This This is where reality draws out the truth. Broadcasting from a secure location in Traverse City, Michigan. This is the Redacted Recover Your Mind Podcast. Here's your host, Mitchell O'Brien. Welcome back to Redacted Recover Your Mind. I am Mitchell O'Brien. I have Lucas O'Brien on the line with us tonight. My co-host, I'm just going to say that, and this is what we're doing now. Just got to get everything swapped over. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Luke? Um, pretty good. I'm kind of disappointed that I'm no longer a guest. <laughs> I thought I was a guest every single time, and that made me feel special, but I'll get over it. I feel like being co-hosts is special-er, but that's fine. Right. Yeah, but it has all this responsibility that comes with the title and everything, you know. <laughs> it really doesn't. And if you know my other co-hosts I've ever had, like, you can just peace out whenever you want. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm co-host number twenty-three, right? Uh, starting five, give or take twenty, but close. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Luke and I might make this one a little bit shorter, just to preface the whole situation. Uh, both of us have just had long days, but we wanted to get on and and talk to you, the listener, because we miss you guys um, and gals and everything in between. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but something we were just, uh, I think what we're going to try and talk about is this debacle in Miami at the mall with, we're just, you know, we're going we're gonna to mention it. We had a couple other things that we might t- touch on, but that's what I'm going to start out with, but. My true starting out, and I was told today by a listener that's very close to me on a day-to-day basis that we don't have to talk about waterfowl at the beginning of every one of our podcasts. Did you tell them that's blasphemy? I told them, I said, I wasn't aware that we weren't allowed to do that. I thought that was how podcasts went. And we had ducks and we had geese. We've touched on swans in there somewhere a little bit. And I was going to start with loons tonight. but I was going to touch on bald eagles because they eat mostly out of the water. So it's kind of (laughs) close. And I I mean, apparently you've never listened to Joe Rogan. Because if you listen to the first five minutes backwards, it's always about waterfowl. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're going with. We're doing... The first five minutes of Joe Rogan backwards. So, yeah. Let's <laughs> lose listeners. Anyway, um, the weather. You brought up the weather real quick, and I was like, oh, hold on, we'll talk about it on air. And um, you said there's a mon- monsoon? Yep. It's not actually a monsoon, but it's monsoon like. Ah. So. Because I thought monsoon was a hurricane in the Pacific Ocean. Probably. I, I don't know the actual definition. Um, it's probably, and I, I could be highly offensive to Spanish-speaking listeners here, but 
I think it's the Spanish word for a really bad storm. Oh. I, I might be completely wrong. Or it could be for hurricane. They might have the word for hurricane too. I don't know. But like I've been reading this book and typhoons are brought up. Typhoon. Um, That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I say typhoon's a different thing and that comes from different cultures, it's different languages or whatever. They have different versions of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, because yeah, a- we have like 40 to 50 mile an hour winds and we've gotten like many inches of rain today, so everything's flooded. Well, that's kind of what's happening here, only frozen because we're north. Um, we're supposed to get four plus inches of snow and it started this afternoon. It was supposed to start days ago, but it didn't because of what I'm calling, get this, I coined the term today, my manifestation hole. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> Everybody across the state has been freaking out about this winter storm, this winter storm, this winter storm. What are we going to do when the winter storm hits? It's been kind of annoying because we live in northern Michigan. This happens. We are supposed to have snow here. Yeah. And it hasn't really happened that much. But this year is so that we're finally getting a little bit of it. Every time we've gotten it, it's kind of gone away and... It's just odd to be in January and not have snowbanks everywhere. But Very odd. I've just been like, it's not going to be as big as everybody thinks it is. My coworkers do most of the transportation for the company here. They're like, it's really bad everywhere else in the state but here. And I'm like, yeah, that's my manifestation hole. I've been manifesting not a bad storm here all week. So it's going to hit everybody else. They're like, it's really weird. Like, that's weird, but it's also really weird that there's no snow happening here. Because Michigan or Traverse City likes to get hit with snowstorms. So, Traverse City is weird, though, because if the surrounding area gets like 18 inches of snow overnight, sometimes Traverse City does too. Sometimes it gets like one, and sometimes it gets twice as much. And I think it's because it's kind of in a bowl, like, it's got its own weather. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but well, it's yeah. Uh, like you remember growing up when you know if we got four to six inches of snow, that's when you went out drifting. Yeah, because there's no one on the road and it's fun. And if yeah. you got eighteen inches of snow, that's when schools were closed. I won't be and surprised like, if they're closed tomorrow, just because they haven't been at all. So they're gonna be like, "Oh, yeah. we finally got snow. We'll give the kids snow or something." I don't know, but yeah, it's hard to close the schools when it's fifty degrees and raining. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Because they did that down here today. 50 degrees and raining with 50 mile an hour gusts of wind and flooding is a little different. Well, that's the thing is there's 35 mile an hour plus. I think it's 35 to 50 uh, mile an hour winds that are supposed to be coming with this. I'm not seeing it here yet, but like you said, Traverse City's like in a bowl. And I think it's not so much a bowl. That's what I used to tell people. I think it's the bay. And. What yeah, Traverse City is here. used to be under Baywater. Might be. It's probably from that uh, comet that came by that happened to be Venus that completely disrupted everything on the Earth and caused flooding and massive earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and turned the sky dark for a significant amount of time. But we'll talk about that more in a future podcast. Yeah, I'd like to because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it sounds interesting. I forget the name of it, but there's a really big meteor that they think might be a comet, but they're pretty sure it was a meteor or a small asteroid. The same thing, I guess. I don't know. But it hit just north of 
Lake Superior long, long time ago. That's where that uh, <laughs> that uh, Amethyst 23, I gave you one of mine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, supposedly that's where that came from because this meteor directly hit a giant deposit of Amethyst underground. And so now it's infused with its meteorite Amethyst. But hit right That's there. a powerful stone. I've shown it to a couple of people that appreciate stones. And every time they handed it to somebody, they grab it and they're like, whoa. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't notice it anymore. But oh, I yeah. the first time I got it. <laughs> well, you got to figure your energy field has adapted to it and it's like part of you. So it's like tuned your, yeah. you could say it's for the people who don't get scared by my hippie language, it's tuned your aura. And that's kind of the point of why people that believe in crystals get them is because they want their being to be tuned to the frequency that these crystals have. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what, kind of what you're, you're noticing there. I just ordered some more today and from the same person, because that one came from our lovely friends, Jenny and Jay up in Charlevoix at J and J crystals and rocks. Shameless plug. Great people. Look them up. They got an awesome website. They're all over the place, social media. Um I heard of a I heard about a new um meditation practice hmm. where I've meditated with crystals in my palms before and put like one palm facing up and set a crystal on it and then put my other palm over it to create a energetic circuit, like a racetrack. So it yeah. just in, in different ways. But there's a new one that I found. And when I read about it, it said use amethysts or quartz. But I'm like, if I'm going to use amethysts, I'm going to use the strong boys from up north. And uh, so you put one in your left hand, one in your right hand, one with the point pointing towards you in your left hand, and one with the point pointing away from you in your right hand. Because of the way that you have the giving and the receiving hands. Have we went over that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if we went over in the podcast, but I want to touch on that real quick. Yeah, yeah. You know, was there a say when you're, um, the, the way, and it's a, it's, it's a big deal and I don't explain it very well, but they say that when it comes to the energy that runs through your body, your left hand is better at receiving energy and your right hand is better at giving energy. It's kind of like in the church. They don't want to admit that this is what they're doing. They lay hands on people. This is what they're doing. It's so a, when people lay their left hand on you, slap them and say, knock it off. This yeah. is about me. I mean, really. The thing is, though, is it doesn't actually really matter. Once you get to the point to where you can control your aura and your, your body's energy, you can give and take through your foot if you want to. Um, like, it doesn't, it just, it's it's no big deal. And if somebody's going to be an energy vampire on you and do it for touch, it doesn't matter what side they're going to do it on. They're just going to suck the life out of you. <laughs> that's fine. And I have experience with that. But that's how it has to do, actually, with not so much this paranormal energy that we're talking about. It's because your energy is really connected to your blood flow. And so the way our circulatory okay. systems is it flows from heart and lungs. I don't know exactly how it works, but it flows to the left side of your body first, through your legs, 
like all the way down and then back up the right side of your body. So as it's coming out of your heart, it's going away from the heart on the left side and back towards the heart on the right side. And so are you telling me that the heart, when it pumps, pumps in a certain direction, comes back in a certain direction, making a continuous motion, almost like it's a generator generating a magnetic field around a person that is tangible and readable with scientific instruments? Absolutely. Absolutely. 110,000%. So I have a really important question for you. Yes. Um, are left-handed people switched? No. So like the left is their giving hand? People will tell you that. And like I said, once you get control of how it works and a feel for the energy flowing through your body in that system, you can do it either side. You can give with yeah. both, take with both. It doesn't really matter. But... I've given energy to people without contact and it's work. Yeah. Like people have been like, Whoa, what was that? You know? And what was that? That's the thing. If people can take energy from you, like by being around you, then they can give it to. Yeah. Um, and they actually, I don't remember where I heard this, but they say that the heart is a generator and it generates an electromagnetic field around you, just like the earth has. Um, and, you have a positive negative polarity and all that stuff. And the average person's magnetic field is three to six feet around them. Yeah. Takes you back to a certain year when we were told to stand at least six feet apart, even though scientifically there's no basis for that. Um, later on, it came out that three feet was, sufficient or something like that but people who have a strong magnetic field or a strong aura um it's up to 10 feet on any side of them um and that's it's interesting because it's like that's how you notice when someone walks up behind you and you know someone's there even though you're not looking Mm -hmm. because your magnetic field interacts with theirs and it disturbs literally disturbs your aura whether good or bad um and i know some people don't like to talk in those terms but it's like you can use the scientific terms. You can use the spiritual terms. You can use, you know, whatever, like it's true and it happens and it's measurable. Just just get over your trigger words, people. The world will be a better place. Um, Yeah, sure. (laughs) We weren't even going to go into this here, but that meditation (laughs) process, that's a, that's a way to do it. And it's kind of a way to do, it's almost more, it helps you filter more because you're bringing in, outside energy and you're getting rid of it's like you're getting rid of the bad bringing in the good and you're using these i always put it as you remember those hot wheels tracks when we were a kid yeah they had the little battery power things that the car would go through and like real fast yeah that usually shot it off the track because they were too powerful yeah 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 so that's what (laughs) we're doing with crystals and the amethyst 23s that we're using are the ones that are too powerful Oh yeah. So what I do when I um sit and pray and meditate, um, sometimes I use stones, sometimes I don't. Um, if I do, I usually hold the amethyst um, that you gave me, or I have a raw labradorite. Yeah, that's really pretty. Um, I love. I got it at a, a 
cigar shop in Manistee, Michigan, of all places. Nice. Um, I'll hold that in my left hand, and I hold a giant chunk of quartz I found down here where I live now in my right hand. The amplifier. Like a, but I've heard that it's a purifier, too. Oh, yeah. It's a lot and of so things. I hold that in my right and because I've heard the amplification and the purification, so it's like if there's going to be anything that releases, I have that stone for that. Um, and I don't know. I, I usually feel good. If I'm feeling kind of crummy, I'll lay on the couch holding um, usually the amethyst in the quartz, sometimes the Labradorite, sometimes they'll just like set them on me and lay there. And I always pass out in like tw- within 20 minutes and wake up feeling so much better than when I fell asleep. And sometimes it's like five minutes of sleep. Sometimes it's 15, sometimes it's 45. Like it just depends, but um, always feel better. It's like a big filter, but another thing you got to remember about amethyst too, is that it is basically quartz, clear quartz that was formed just a little bit different of a pressure, a little bit different of a heat. So it got that purple color. Citrine's the same way. There's a a couple of them that are that way. And so they're amethyst is going to have almost all the exact same powers that clear course does with added mm-hmm. effects. So that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get stuff like 23 that have been smashed in the face with a meteorite and you get all this other stuff added to it. And it's just, yeah. When I get punched in the face of the stone, I usually get stronger too. <laughs> I think that's adrenaline. But who knows? It works. It's all thin. <laughs> Punch me in the face of the brick, all of a sudden I can throw you through a wall. Pretty cool. <laughs> Anger and adrenaline. That's <laughs> what we're going there with that one. But I'm I'm gonna call it a psionic ability. So you can call it whatever you want. Psionic ability. I think it, the psionic part is that your brain is making your hands pick somebody up and throw them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, with my brain, I am controlling my hand. It's practically uh, levitation, you know. I'm <laughs> telekinesis. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Oh, I love it. Um, you're gonna get for the listener to, right now. You're gonna get a little bit of nonsense, at least for me, because I am. I'm pretty tired tonight, but I'm working with working against it. Watching the snow accumulate out the window. but um, So now that we, we hit a bunch of other stuff that we've never really meant to talk about, and that's not like us at all, uh, we can get back to waterfowl, which is what this po- podcast is all about. Um, yeah, which our, whoever the listener was needs to obviously re-listen to the podcast and realize that that is the theme. And... I will say that our Lord and Savior, Drake the Duck, will forgive you, but it takes time because ducks aren't quite as forgiving as the Messiah. So. It took yeah. a minute for but, me to to carry through or understand what you were saying there. Like It took me a minute, and I like it. I'm not going to mention any names, yeah. but the listener was Justin. So <laughs> I kind of, kind of had a feeling, but I'm glad we named you up. I hope someday this podcast gets so big that we have like millions of listeners and they go back to the original podcast here and they're like, what were they talking about? Yeah. What is this? 
I did a, a meme recently, and I almost didn't because it almost looked like I was, like, trying to piggyback off of other people's fame. But I went, mm-hmm. you know what? These people have inspired us, so I'm going to do it anyway. And I know for a fact that the podcasters that I was targeting with my appreciation um, enjoy memes. And you know who I'm talking about. So I made one that pertains to the stuff that they do and name-dropped a couple of their most uh, repeated guests that have really, they really have inspired us. And I know that you follow them and... And I mean, screw it. I'll just, I'll plug them. Like it's, it's a thing where you're not supposed to do that, but I don't even care. So, one thing that kind of got me into what I want to do here with Redacted is are these guys called? And I we've talked about them before, but I'm just getting a little, a little bit further. These guys that run a podcast called it's called Blurry Creatures. Nate and Luke over there. I have my own Luke, but they have their own Luke too. And so there's always a uh, co-host loop. Yeah. Another in a decent podcast, of course. Yeah. Um, the first, and I am, this is, this is a Yawa thing, like a hundred thousand percent because the first podcast I ever heard from those guys was in the 150 range episode. Cause they have a lot, but it was with Timothy Alberino. And it was the one that I heard, Luke, that I told you, you guys, you got to listen to these guys. And then you started listening to them, and then you listened to every single episode they ever did in, like, two days. And I don't really know how you did it, but. It was actually, like, three months. But it felt like two days for you because you have a life. So. You're like, yeah, episode something. I'm like, bro, I'm on, like, seven. <laughs> You're in like ninety. <laughs> it was anyway. Oh. It was great though. Six of them a day, you know. Well, and there will be days where I can just sit. When, if I'm sitting and doing just computer work or um, media material production for my day job, I'll sit there and just run through their podcasts, and it's 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 great. I love it. I always learn so much, and they're getting an they're giving me an idea of people that. I think we need should reach out to and, and talk to and stuff. So I didn't want to seem desperate at first, but I really do appreciate and feel inspired by those guys and the people that they have have on there. And I didn't get your permission to post the stuff, but they may never even see it. And if they don't, it's fine. I just wanted to be like, hey, guys, thank you, in, like, the most practical way I knew how. So... That's as far as it's going to go, but that's something I did this week. Yeah, as well, cool. as well as start kind of looking at other guests that I'd like to have on. But I'm going to talk to you about that separately. So, mm-hmm. a couple of people that I have in mind, and we will probably. probably oh, go ahead. Justin on at some point, <laughs> so we can talk to him about stuff. That's what I was just waterfall. That's what I was saying. Is uh, I was going to be like, and we are going to have Justin on eventually. Um, yeah, especially since he's blasting the pure name of waterfall now. So. Exactly. So they had some, and uh, I've got a, a guy of mine here that I see a lot. He's becoming a good buddy of mine, and his name's Josh. 
And I don't know if he listens, but if he does, hey, Josh. Um, Hi, Josh. And another good friend named Clara that comes through here every once in a while. And I was talking about what you said about ducks and how amazing they are. And Mm -hmm. they begged to differ. They, I mean, it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> they Fine. said that they had some very aggressive experiences with male ducks being appropriate with pretty much anything they could find. Inappropriate. You mean inappropriate? That's what I meant. That's that is I meant. the thing. <laughs> I was going to bring that up at some point. You didn't want to it tarnish the reputation of the good ducks that we had. Well, I understand. People say it's inappropriate. They're really just trying to spread their seed because they know they're such an important and amazing creature that they could change all of creation if their seed could spread throughout all of it. Sadly, that usually doesn't work because they're ducks and not like a tree or a cat. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> They breed with all sorts of things, man. Um, it's fine. because there's not enough females around. You need more female ducks. Very simple solution. And I think that's where I went with it, too. I was like, I'm pretty sure we're, one, talking about wild ducks. And so it, most of the time we're talking about wild ducks. And those boy ducks aren't as frustrated, I'd say, as the barnyard boy ducks, and there aren't very many yeah, barnyard they gotta, boy like, ducks. Find food. They got to find food and stuff in the wild. The, the barnyard ducks, they're over, not overfed, but they always have food. And the problem is, and like, I love ducks, but I also love the circle of life and eating. <laughs> so, <laughs> just to be very blunt. And so like, I, I only got to raise ducks once for a short period of time and they weren't mine. And so like, I didn't, you know, we were going to eat them at some point, but then like situation changed and we couldn't stay um, doing what we were doing. I ended up doing something else. And um, so they took care of them later on. But like when you, it's the same thing with chickens. Say you have a bunch of chickens and they do this the old school natural way where, you know, mom lays some eggs, sits on them, hatches the eggs. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a chance about a 50-50 chance that each one of those chicks is a male or a female. You could get all females or males, but it's 50-50. Like, you don't know. It's it's not like they tend to have more with one or the other. Ducks are the same way. Mm -hmm. So when generally people, like, they keep the female chickens because they lay eggs, and they keep one rooster Mm -hmm. because that's all you need (laughs) to breed the females and to protect the females. Because roosters are actually, like, if you have a, a good-tempered rooster, they're total gentlemen, and they, like, call out when they find food so that the girls can come eat food. And, like, they'll call out when they see predators and stand outside of the coop until all of the females get inside, and then they'll go inside. Nice. So they can, like, try to protect them and stuff. Like, they're also total jerks to people. So <laughs> they will try to kill you with these giant spurs that they get on their feet. Oh, yeah. They can leave really bad puncture wounds. So people generally only keep one. So when you hatch out 50 eggs and you get 25 roosters, you let them grow up until they're big enough to like have some meat on them. And yeah. then you have a cookout with all of your uh, friends. <laughs> and if people did that with their ducks, 
and they only had, you know, like one male to three to five females, they wouldn't have that overbreeding problem. But people are like, I don't want to kill it. It's like, no, that's food. That's why you're raising this animal. Like, enjoy them while they're alive. You know, keep the females for the eggs. And then, you know, duck bacon's really good. (laughs) (laughs) You've mentioned that before on the podcast. Mm -hmm. We weren't supposed to talk about waterfowl today. And here we are. We also weren't supposed to yeah, talk hey, about Justin. We weren't going to talk about it at all. But if Justin wanted to say anything, we would have just moved on and wouldn't have been anything. But here we are. Thanks, everybody. Take a moment. Thank Justin. Everybody. There you go. Thank you, Justin. Justin. Can you hear? I think, the... I think I'm everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was listening to the podcast and they said, "Hey, thanks, so and so," I usually go, "Thanks, so and so." I'm just that weird, though. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't usually talk to podcasts, but, you know, teach their own. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, even in the car lately. I've just been in that mood. Like, I was in a heavy music mood for a long time, and now it's just I'm soaking up information. I have something we'll have to talk about another time because I have something that I'd like to talk about pertaining to that. But we're not going to get into it tonight. Mm-hmm. Something I need to mention to you that I, that I haven't. So just to get some suspense, we're going to have a chat about something interesting that happened to me in my spiritual life lately. But not tonight. Come back hmm. for the next episode. Cliffhangers. Cliffhangers, yes. Which ducks don't usually do that. They can usually fly. So, I mean. Yeah, they're generally pretty good at that. Though they prefer lakes and stuff over cliffs. But, you know. <laughs> there are ducks that live in trees. That's the thing. So, you know. Another thing that me. made me stand up for the vision of gentlemen ducks that you brought to the table initially was where we grew up the most experience we had with ducks were mallards and i think mallards are they're kind of like swans and penguins they mate for life or at least the life of the partner or whatever you know it's it's interesting because they so from what i've read they technically don't, but they at least pair off for like breeding season and they help protect the female and the babies hmm. um, for that season at least. And I supposedly sometimes they like do, you know, have the same partner multiple, multiple years and stuff. But like the other thing to remember in the wild is like your average duck probably doesn't even live for like four or five years. And like in captivity, ducks can live up to 10 years or, or longer. They can lay eggs up to 10 years. Chickens can only lay eggs for a couple of years. So that's another reason ducks are amazing. Huh. Um, so yeah, you get a duck and you can literally have it. And it'll slow down. It won't lay as many eggs each year successively, but like it'll keep laying eggs for seven to 10 years. And the biggest um, part of our point is that chickens will literally try to eat each other if one gets a nosebleed, and ducks aren't that way. So ducks aren't cannibals. Correct. So even though there are a couple bad eggs in the duck world, they're still better than chickens. And that's where the original comment came from. That was the whole point, is that chickens are murderer, serial killer, little demons. Yeah. I've also raised chickens and I'm going to own my own chickens in the future. So I'm, you know, I say all this, like I'm going to have probably all the birds. That's the goal. 
Me too. Bald eagles, you know, <laughs> emus. Well, if you get enough chickens or turkeys or ducks, typically you can think, you know, you're going to come into contact with some eagles or hawks or something. Like, it's a, it's a given. They're, they're gonna, so they're gonna for come raising around. chickens, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, get off the foul topic. We're always <laughs> on these foul topics. Um, but one last thing is that when we were on the chicken farm raising chickens, there was a, there were a few different things killing the chickens. One of the things killing the chickens was the other chicken. Um, they were literally cannibalizing each other, and. It, the only reason I can think of is because we had a hawk problem and they were so scared that they'd like clump up in a corner and then get mad at each other and start pecking at each other. And then one bleeds and then it's every man for himself. They'll devour it as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it was then because there was no sign of predators getting in or out or a hawk or, or anything. And there were one morning I came out and found like shrapnel of a chicken. Yeah. It was kind of disturbing. Actually, like I dealt with butchering things and stuff and it was still kind of disturbing. And then one of them was like running around with a piece of this chicken out of, hanging out of the seat. Huh. Um, there, there, there's reasons I say what I do about chicken. Um, but it's really funny actually when you have a hawk issue because if you don't see the hawk kill the chicken, you can always tell it's a hawk because they come down straight on top of it and nail them in the back. And the chicken's probably dead instantly. Like, they probably don't feel a thing. They're just gone. I've watched hawks um, hunt before. Yeah, there's this, like, explosion of feathers in a circle, and that's how you think <laughs> it's a hawk. Nice. It's like they eat, eat the back and the chest out, and then there's, like, this, it looks like, you just blew up a chicken, which is kind of funny to, to see because it's just like feathers everywhere in a circle around it. Chicken bomb. Well, we got to stop with the, the fowl yeah. right there because one of the comments was, you guys talked about waterfowl for 45 minutes, and we're at the 35-minute mark, and okay. we didn't talk about it the whole time. There was some other metaphys- metaphysical stuff in there that we talked about, but I'm just saying I got to give yeah. the listeners what they want. <laughs> this is a, also a homesteading podcast. I don't know if they do that, but I mean, I can throw that in the description. I'm <laughs> game because it all attaches to me for me, all of it. Yeah. So, all right, I'm gonna write that down. Metaphysical thing. I have podcast notes, so add yeah, you know, homesteading to <laughs> description. All right, cool. I'll be on it tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> you think I'm joking? It will be. Everybody, check. Um, I feel bad for the people looking up homesteading podcasts now, and this is what they get. They're like, what is this crap? Well, we get two main categories, but I can put it in the description. So it's like having okay. a subcategory, subcategory. So there we go. All right, everybody, I apologize. We can talk more about farm animals in the future if you want, but I will, I will try to not do that as much. <laughs> it's just something I care very deeply about. So. We're a homesteading podcast now. What are you talking about? After this episode. <laughs> so by the time next this episode we'll airs. About, uh, the next week will be about making uh, broth and uh, canning food. So <laughs> I've done that. I was a little kid, but I've done it. We, 
because I do want to cut a little bit short tonight. We have to talk about the shenanigans happening in Miami or happened. From as far as I can tell, it was New Year's Day. And it was at a mall near South Beach. Where it was about five five minutes from South Beach, they said. And it went viral that there were aliens there. Or at least an alien. I've gotten to look into it a little bit. A little bit. I read quite a few articles about it. Saw some pictures. Watched the video that people were going, that's an alien. Um... What have you heard? Your take? So I've listened, I've listened to some podcasts where they talk about it a little bit, and I listened to most of one today before I went to work that was uh, specifically about it, and they were talking about theories and stuff and things people have seen. And the first thing I want to say is there's there's no definitive evidence either way. It's a lot of speculation, a lot of accounts where people say they saw something. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also kind of a group think thing where like somebody posts something online that says, this is what I saw. And then someone else might say that, even though that's not exactly what they saw. And then like, he come up with this whole thing. It's not really what anyone saw because you know, that, that kind of thing happens too. So like, we don't know for sure. We don't even know for sure if something if there was some sort of entity, but there was a very strange situation. Things were shut down. Airlines in the area were shut down for a time. Well, um, the official report now says that they weren't, but we right. can look it up. Like, um, there were only, they said there were only police officers called to the scene, no federal people, but I guess the number of police officers was very suspicious. Uh-huh. And a point that Tony Merkel on the confessionals made was that they uh, if they didn't want people to freak out and they wanted people to trust the situation, why would federal officers not go in dressed like police officers? Right. Which I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because the second the FBI shows up, people are like, the FBI is there, it's definitely aliens, like they're hiding everything. But if they all come dressed as with Miami police, then it's less suspicious. Um, people ask less questions, all that. Yeah. So I've heard a few details about things that possibly happened and a little bit of background on the Miami area and just some interesting things that have taken place there in the past. I'm not going to remember all of them, but there's been weird occult activity and stuff like that. It's Mm. part of like connecting to the Bermuda Triangle along with underwater caverns going from there through the Bahamas and other islands. So there's a lot of interesting stuff. Well, and don't forget the cocaine and the Cubans. Yeah. Yep. Cuban cigars. That's what's really Still happening. Illegal. Still the best ones, you <laughs> So I read a few articles on it specifically today to see what people are saying about it now. The story that they're officially releasing is that there were about 50 teenagers. One article, multiple agreed with this. They caused a riot because of fireworks they were setting off. Now, this was supposed to be New Year's Day. It's a believable story. 
people thought there were gunshots. It's Miami, so, you know, old, old Florida man. NBC, CBS, Independent Magazine, I think is what it was called, Forbes, all agree with basically that story. I got to see the video where people were like, right here, this is it. That's the alien. It's from a helicopter, a news helicopter, that's pretty far up there. The cop cars is a little itty bitty, and there's two cop cars, and it looks like maybe something walks in between them. Somebody pointed out, like, zoomed in, and they can only zoom in so far because of the quality of the video. But it looks like a very small group of people, like three or four people. And they're like, that's too easy. But then you have all these eyewitnesses, and I think that's that's where I stand on it is because we have eyewitness testimony, which... I think is more unreliable than it's reliable when it comes to something like this. But there are times where things are, are real. I just don't see where the evidence, I see the evidence that I saw lines up with what the media is saying. I don't like to say that because I don't like the media. Yeah. Originally they were saying that there were these 10 foot tall beings. They were fading in and out of vision and the police fired upon them. Now, I also read that people are saying there's no way that many police would respond to some teenagers shooting off fireworks. Well, none of the videos that I saw were excessive for if there was 50 teenagers causing a riot. Another one of them, which one was it? CBS News said it was a large brawl between the teenagers after the fireworks. So there's 50 almost full-grown human beings, and they're fighting, possibly intoxicated in some way. It's New Year's Day, possibly has explosives. We're in Miami. We're not going to rule out that there's firearms involved in the people who aren't law enforcement. I could kind of see where that's starting to sound. It was more of an actual thing. But I'm not going to put 100% belief in that just because of all of the eyewitness testimonies. But I'm only willing to say that if there's 100 eyewitness testimonies, I'll say 5%. So that's five people might be giving an honest testimony when it comes to something like this because of that mob mentality, the hive mind or whatever, like however you said it. Well, and also when people have a, like, psychologically speaking, um, when people have a panic response and they, you get into that fight or flight state, and especially when you're a flight kind of person or in a flight kind of situation, you forget all sorts of details. Um, So in the moment, you might see all these things that seem so significant, and but then when the police officer's like, what color was it? You're like, I think it was red. No, it, maybe it was blue. No, no, I think it was yellow. And they're like, well, that's the two primary colors. Like, I mean, it could be. <laughs> well, and <laughs> I think you start. All the other ones. You know. I think you start agreeing with other things you've been hearing, too. Like, oh, yeah, it was that. Yeah. You know? And, and you don't even mean to. You just, like, that's what happens when you're. It's the way your brain reacts to trauma. So, and, like, seeing something that you can't believe 
or seeing a bunch of kids shooting off fireworks inside, either one, seeing some sort of entity that you don't know what it is, or a bunch of kids shooting off fireworks, you're going to have a trauma response because one is such an unknown that you're fear for your life. The other one is such a known <laughs> you fear for your life. Right. Because fireworks are dangerous. They can hurt you very bad and kill you, especially indoors. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I don't believe it because I don't believe just about anything that shows up on the TV from media people anymore. But I'm also not saying it's definitely entities or something. But what I heard was mostly their eyewitnesses that some of the supposed gunshots were actually from civilians who carry guns because it's Florida and a lot of people do that and they're allowed to. Well, and fireworks um, covers that pretty well. Well, fireworks do as well. Yeah, especially if they're indoors because, like, you might not be able to distinguish. Like, a mall is a pretty big open area, but it is enclosed. So a firework going off on the other end of a corridor around a corner or a gun going off, probably both just sound like a loud bang. Yeah. I don't know. I've never experienced it, but, like, it, it might be indistinguishable between the two. You just hear these loud bangs going off. You hear, you know, a string of firecrackers. Someone's got a machine gun. Get out of the mall. That's a valid response. Like, especially you're there with your family or something. Like, yeah, get him out of that place. I did hear, though, supposedly from eyewitnesses, that before it all started, a, a few young people came in. They said they're real nerdy-looking, science-y types whatever that's supposed to mean. Like you can kind of image, imagine what you think that would look like. And they had some sort of device mm. later on. People said they're shooting off fireworks and they had an explosive device. But supposedly what happened is these guys went in like the common area of the mall or something, and then set up this device, set it off. And that's when people saw things, entities of some sort. And so the people going down that line think that it, they opened up some sort of rift or portal. Interestingly, I guess the the uh, latitude and longitude of mm -hmm. Miami, like at this mall, is the opposite of somewhere in Antarctica. And that's what I was I was waiting for you to get um, through what you're saying because I was going to bring that up. I read that too. Yeah, which I think is an and, interesting point because. Then we have, typically you want to think of aliens that have extraterrestrials, ETs, whatever. They're coordinated pretty well. They are building these technological vehicle that can go through portals or travel intergalactically. So they're pretty infallible is, I think, how a lot of people see it. If this is the thing, it's like, did the alien intern screw it up, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to go back to 1917, not 1719 on the time machine type of a situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I guess the, the point, the latitude and longitude that would have been gotten confused is a known conspiracy possible alien base in Antarctica. Not just Antarctica, but like there's yeah. been conspiracy of that area. And it's just a flip-flop of the landed, latitude and longitude. Um, yeah, I think it was uh, Bob Lazar mentioned something about that area and alien craft and alien bases or something like that in that area. 
Um, and like people can say whatever they want in either direction. I don't care, but like Antarctica is weird mm-hmm. specifically because all, or at least most major world governments all have a treaty to keep civilians out. And like, you know, they say that we're on the verge of nuclear war with Russia and China, yet Russia, China, and the U.S. have a treaty over Antarctica that, like, people don't go there. Only researchers for certain things when it's approved. Like, that's weird. And yet, Mr. Beast filmed a video there somehow. Well, he's Mr. Beast. He's one of them. <laughs> that would make sense. I think he'd be benevolent, though, because he does a lot of cool stuff. But anyway. So they want you to think. I have a I have an option three or an option four now. Yeah. No, because that last part that we said that was so the options are it was some kids messing around and or teenagers and they started a fight or a riot and using and whatever and there were police involved. Option two is that they're masquerading FBI agents or whatever special agents mm-hmm. looking like police officers actually looking for ETs that are, that are possibly there. Um, so that's option well, and, two. Well, and to, to connect to that before you move into the other options is actually that this is kind of the theory that they were talking about on the professionals podcast, um, that it almost, so supposedly these, these entities show up, and they're like glitching in and out of existence and they looked glitchy. Like they didn't move in like a normal physical manner. Like they were like half in and half out of our dimension at first. You're getting into option three. People... <laughs> okay. <laughs> but and option three and option two come together. So, okay. Well um, then go ahead and explain they, the rest. I'll stop interrupting. They, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they explained that, you know, these could be demonic spirits or the spirits of the Nephilim or angelic beings or something. And that like, what if, because I'd be touched on, it could be a cult activity or it could be scientific experiment. It could be somebody connected with these beings in either a cult or scientific manner. Um, and supposedly from witnesses, I don't know where this is coming from exactly or whatever, but as the beings were seen longer, they became more and more consistent and solid looking. Mm-hmm. And it was thrown out there that what if all of these police and these age, you know, potential agents that showed up were actually there because this was a portal thing set off by some agency that was to bring them here. And it had to be done in that spot because the latitude, longitude, the energies beneath the earth, all, all those kind of ley lines, whatever, all that kind of stuff. And that one Avengers. Then movie. they, yeah, sorry, because all that stuff connects to this kind of stuff. I heard a really interesting thing about Disneyland recently um, in California, but that's for later time as well. Um, <laughs> the, um, that all of the police the amount of them there was for cover to be able to escort these beings out and take them to a different location. Mm. That was part of the speculation. Again, I, I have no idea. I don't really have an opinion on it. I've just heard a couple things. So I'm just kind of throwing it out there because it's interesting. You know? So I think that falls under option two, option B. Okay. Because I'm still under the, I'm under 
the belief system, ETs, Nephilim, demons, angels. But a lot of that falls into the same category and some are one and the same, which I'm not going to get into the big differentiation. That'll, that'll be a whole nother podcast worth. And then we definitely won't end this one early, but um, yeah. <laughs> option three, option C is hear me out here. The government is creating something to fake cover it up to cause panic and fear. We expect them to cover something like this up. So they made it look like it was possibly alien related because of all the disclosure that was happening recently, just so Mm -hmm. they could frighten people into a certain direction. I don't know where that direction is yet. I just started this thought process today. And somebody else brought up the whole glitching in and out. I do think there's there's people who have who have had eyewitness of that, and I think I've had eyewitness or not personal. Well, I think I've had personal eyewitness of maybe craft that can do that in the sky. And I think that's more of the how the gravitational reactors on them work. But that's even like so much more other podcasts like, to go into all of this stuff. And I'm not well-versed in it. It's just I'm the believer and the doer, not the teacher. But anyway, there could be the glitching in and out could have been some sort of hologram technology as well. Yeah. But basically, the majority, the government expects the majority of the population to expect a bad cover-up. So they're going to create something that looks fishy and go, nope, it was only this. So then everybody can be like, nice try. The aliens are here. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like the government being sneaky, creating something that they can crappily cover up to herd people. It's kind of where I'm getting at. And and that's the thing is, and I think, I personally think all of this kind of stuff that comes up and you have the conspiracy theory and you have what they say it is. And I think they're both like you're saying, I think they're both kind of part of the cover up, and that there's a truth behind it. And sadly, I think that the truth behind it's a lot more nefarious than the conspiracy theories. True. Um, and I've, I've heard speculation on some of those things and I have a lot of my own speculation on those things that I, I don't go into with a lot of people. Right. Um, Cause it, it's a really big, big picture thing that you get from a lot of ancient spiritual texts and stuff. You can find you know, piece together, you know, all of that stuff mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people that aren't ready for it. Like one, they're just like, Oh, that's ridiculous. But it's like, end of days apocalyptic kind of stuff um, that, you know, that a lot of people aren't ready for or don't want to hear, or, you know, and that's fine. I keep you there. That's why I don't go into it. But um, that's why I think a lot of bad stuff is like, you've got what they tell you on CNN and Fox news. And then you've got the conspiracy. That's like, 
this is what was really happening. And it's like, that's a little bit closer sometimes. Sometimes it's off, sometimes it's on, sometimes. But it's, you know, the conspiracy gets like, it's aliens and they're coming from, you know, Alpha, Beta, Neptune, four or something and they're they're coming to you know save mankind and give us this upgrade or so and it's like nobody like wants to have the discussion of like no we've been talking to them for a really long time they live in underground bases and they're working with not our government but like the government that runs the government that runs the government the dumb state uh yeah I know you've heard that terminology. Yeah. Yeah. The the dumb state that runs the deep state that runs the government. Yeah. Where we're we're talking about trying to get rid of the deep state and that's supposedly the conspiracy stuff. And it's like, no, the deep state's the ones that live in bunkers beneath the surface. You want to go to the bunkers under those bunkers. Yeah, the subterranean levels on the, what did he call them? And I've heard other people talk about them, but they didn't call them this, um, the magnetic, floating magnetic trains that, Go around the earth and Meg tunnels. Yeah, Meg trains. Which is something that I've heard about in testimony of in that cosmic disclosure on the Guy Network. See, it's all coming yeah. full circle here. <laughs> hey, you want to go even more full circle? You remember how we talked about mermaids and Dan Duvall and the, the mermaid stuff? I love that guy um, too, yeah. The underground caverns in the area. Mm-hmm are said to be a network that connects at least all around different places in the Atlantic and whatever they call the sea south of the U.S. I, I don't know. I mean, that's all part of the Atlantic, but I think it's a name for that area. Yeah. But there's all these subterranean caverns, and there's legends and, and lore about Cthulhu and the Kraken and these things that, like, supposedly eyewitnesses of sailors who see these these giant holes in the seafloor with these creature giant creatures with like glowing red eyes and stuff that are protecting these areas you can't go into them and they don't let people dive down there and all this different stuff um, and this is all connecting with the Bermuda Triangle mm-hmm. and things like that which has been all sorts of crazy stuff throughout history um and that has been speculation too, that this is actually, um, what do they call them? Unidentified submerged or unidentified, yeah, unidentified submerged objects, USOs or whatever. Yep. Um, that it has to do with that. USPs and USA underwater bases. Yeah. And I think personally, if there are these underwater bases and stuff, why would they not be connected with the underground bases? Though so that could if this is a thing, could be different factions that aren't even working together. I, I don't know. I don't, you know. It's all kind of speculation, but it's that, that deep speculation that just makes you look into some things and wonder. Well, and um, to, cause we didn't really, I, we just threw out the term dumb state and not a lot of people are going to understand what that is. It doesn't mean idiots, which you could throw that on there if you want to, but a lot of these people are, are very intelligent IQ wise, but the dumb state means deep underwater military base is what that's an acronym for that. And or underground, underground or underwater, underground. Or, yeah, that's what I meant. Like I said, yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. So, fine. but also they, I've heard not only are these caverns and stuff connected on the Atlantic side, but they go th- across the entire continent. 
So you can get from yeah. the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean underneath continental USA in full-sized nuclear submarines, and they're not squeezing through. Like, there's plenty of room for these to go go in there. And, yeah, like multiple can pass each other at the same time. Yeah. And um, like what Dan Duvall said, he kind of alluded to that, and that there's other stuff in there. And the yeah. the guy network guys that I was listening to, they don't talk about that as much, but they do bring up these exact things, too. What was the train called? Did you you called it a uh, maglev train? It's magnetic levitation train. Oh yeah, maglev train. So, um, they talk about those on Cosmic Disclosure as well. And not only do they talk about that, they talk about those that start here on Earth, go underground, you get in them, and then all of a sudden the physics change. And you're in a base somewhere else where gravity feels a little bit different, the atmosphere feels a little bit different. Somewhere along the track, it changes, and they start talking about we're not even really sure if we're on planet anymore. Kind of wormhole situation. Um, But if if wormholes are a thing, it's a distortion in space time. Mm -hmm. And that distortion in space time would have to have something to do with magnetism because magnetism is kind of how, like we didn't talk about gravity and what gravity is all we want, but gravity and I'm no scientist per se, but as far as I understand, gravity can all be explained by electromagnetism. That essentially, like, the sun's electromagnetic field is kind of how the gravity of it works, and it holds everything in place and pulls things towards it and pushes things away from it, all that kind of stuff. Um, the gravity is a little bit more, there's a little bit more to it than that, but... Um, if we were going to have some sort of portal activated, electromagnetism would probably have to be part of that uh, formula. And people try to say, we don't have the energy technology to do that. But if we have been reverse engineering UAPs since, I mean, they say the 50s, I think is when Roswell was. And mm-hmm. um, be realistic, and if anybody is actually talking with any of the governments are actually talking with this, these beings and trading technology, which I think is very real because that's something that you see even back in the, the, the older parts of the, the old Testament and the book of Enoch and stuff like that is these beings come down and trade technology for what they want. And if you really want to get into the Nephilim situation, that gets more and more relevant. So why wouldn't they be doing it today? Um, yeah, Genesis six when they came to the, I don't know if it says Canaanites, but I heard where they they talked where they thought it was the Canaanites, and Tim uh, Tim Alvarino was talking about it, and that's where they got the human women that they wanted, and they traded these different technologies, and back then they say weapons of war and uh, the pharmaceuticals or the separation of roots, just all of them. I'm not going to go through all of them because I honestly don't remember all of them, but they're doing it then they would have done it after 
possibly, and could be still doing it today. Because the Nephilim problem, the deeper I get into this stuff and the more podcasts I hear about it and the different uh, professionals I hear talk about this stuff, it's not a back then problem. It's a now thing. And that's what's going to kind of bring in the the tribulation i think is the 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 nephilim and transhumanism is going to bring in the end times and the tribulation and where there isn't a mankind here to have the dominion over the the regency that we've been given back in at creation and I think I just went way deeper than I wanted to tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that's, I mean, essentially that's Tim Alvarino's theory. And I don't necessarily agree a hundred percent with his viewpoints on all of it, but I, I can see that, that exact thing that it's like, it goes back to the original fall of man in the garden of Eden. And there's different stories like that throughout history. Um, in different places in the world and stuff and they're but that then they came down intermingled with man um and his thing is like the ones that did that probably looked like um the way that they tend to be described in the bible when they show up to talk to people which is like tall like strong attractive young men like nordic yeah like light colored hair light eyes um, literally like chiseled features because they're, they're like, look like warriors is the way that they tend to be described. And it's through a lot of ancient writings. They tend to be like six and a half, seven feet tall. Um, so like, we're not talking reptilians or grays here. You're talking attractive looking European men, right? Like large attractive looking European men that show up these Middle Eastern peoples um, and whatever they looked like back then, but they're like, oh, yeah, we came down from the heavens. Let me teach you all this stuff. They're like, oh, they're they're super intelligent, super strong, super attractive. They've got all this technology and, you know, think of the dad that's like, "Uh, so, daughter, do you want to marry this guy and have kids with him? Because, like, I kind of want the stuff he's promising me. And the daughter's like, yeah, yes, please. Like, well, I don't think yeah. they had much of a choice from the way things were back then. It was well, know, they might not patrols have. and and even if you look at the story of Saul and David, and you know when David wanted to marry one of Saul's wives, there was a it was a it was a transfer, and that was really common for betrothals back then, where you basically had to purchase the right to with gifts. Um, to to marry somebody's daughter, and yeah, like, and David did it in the most kind of awesome and gross way that it's talked about ever in the Bible. So, yep, yeah, we're not. I just rabbit trailed hard, but I, I want to say what it is, but I'll let let the uh, viewers or listeners uh, figure that one out on their own. Yeah, go read Second Samuel. It's really fun. Um, yeah. it's a great passage. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's one of the things that really got me fired up, even when I was younger. And I've been back to it, as, you know, older and, and back looking into scripture. Is I love that whole storyline, and it pertains so much to my life. It really does. Less yeah. 
circumcisions, but yeah. Hey, you said you weren't going to give it away. Huh? I, know. <laughs> I didn't give the whole of it away, but people need a little taste. And the way I just said yeah. that is disgusting. Uh, <laughs> so, but those are my, those are my three options for what's going on in Miami is it was just some teenagers causing a fuss and the amount of police presence really didn't surprise me if there were at least 50, you know, teenagers, which teenagers can be full grown people size cause, you know, running amok, possibly intoxicated, possibly with explosives and or weapons. Yeah. It's not out of the realm of possibility for me. The ET thing, we, I want to say that there's somebody out there believes what they saw is what they saw. If it really is, we went over a couple of really good possibilities of what's going on. I really like your, the, the portal. And I know it's not yours. I think you said you heard it from somebody, but the portal and then the quote unquote police were there to escort. Um, and if that's what people are saying was happening in that helicopter video, I saw it makes sense. Cause they're getting real close to the police vehicles, but then there's yeah. that third one that I brought up that I haven't heard anybody else say yet, but it's literally just a, a smoke and mirror to, to herd people in a, in a direction, which I think the, the one of the factions of the government, either the face state, the deep state or the dumb state have been trying to do a lot of lately with the big C word COVID and just yeah. other things. So I think it's one of those but three. It's the, uh, it's the ancient trick of the magician, right? You look at my uh, left hand while I do something with my right, or look at my uh, pretty model over here who's holding the bird cage when I do something over here that you're not paying attention to because she distracts you, or you know, yeah. it's it's the oldest trick in the book. Is that the trick is to get your attention averted away from what they're actually doing so that they can do something else. So for they're doing it like a herd level size and yeah, which is impressive, but they've had a long time to practice it and figure it out. And even and here's a crazy theory. Yeah. We'll call it, but we have theory uno theory B theory three. I'm running out of options for four. It's not that smart. IV, which is yeah. Roman yeah, IV. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so we've got theory IV, which is all of the above. I mean, it, it. If we're saying any one of these things is possible, or any of these things are possible, then it is possible they all happen at the same time. <laughs> yep. So it's a complicated world we live out there. So living out here, and it's just that it's it's possible. It really is. But it's a, a thing that I used to like to say. Um, I, I was in this like Bible study group, and people would always go, well, is it this or is it this? And as I studied more and more, I'd look at them and go, yes. And it would, it would piss people off so much because they're like, no, no, it's got to be this or this. And I'm like, no, it's, it's yes. It's, you're both right. 
There's so much gray. Like, no, you can't be that. And it's like, nope, nope, that's, uh, yep. And then, like, one of the classic ones is like, are we predestined or do we choose God? Yes. Right. And, and like, if you can't understand that, I, I'm sorry, you just got to think on it for a while. Cause it's like, he, it says in the Bible that he predestined us to know him and that, like, if he is outside of time, knows the end from the beginning and sees it all, that's true. But it also says that we have free will. So that in this timeline, we get to choose whatever we want. And if that's true, then yes, we do choose him or we don't. But yes, he knows we're going to choose him or we don't. So we're predestined in that sense that he already knows everyone that's going to choose him. So he does everything in life that you would need for him, for you to choose him, but you still make the choice. Kind of murky, but it's yes. Every single podcast that we do, Luke, you poke just so dangerously close to my reincarnation. This is my, my feelings on reincarnation. You just do. You're not allowed to talk about it until you can correlate it with waterfowl. I was about to say, you can't take that away from me until I take away your ducks and geese. But so we have <laughs> no, to, the ducks uh, are already let out. They're everywhere. They're flying all over the place. You have to be able to make it work with the waterfowl theory first. And I'm going to have to make a podcast art with more waterfowl in it. And I know. That says, thanks, Justin. <laughs> we definitely we did the last the last art had the geese in it so <sighs> those have been those have been more and fun more more and more fun to make and mm-hmm. i'm thinking about wrapping it up here pretty quick what are you thinking you got more to add um, not a lot on the Miami thing. I just thought it was interesting and because it's kind of current, we should bring it up. Um, we'll get more. You want to kind of tease what we're going to talk about next week and we'll get more into that obviously next week, but yeah, I'm not even sure because by then okay. things could change. So <laughs> yeah, who knows? I wanted to talk about real quick is this podcast here has been the first pod i've been a guest on a podcast before but i've never been in charge of one this is the first one that's really kind of something that i've put together so you can really see that progression in the episodes and i appreciate everybody that listens everybody that comes back everybody that goes "Eh, maybe that's not for me but gives us another shot i appreciate the people who stopped in and went oh this isn't for me and then they left without being mean like that's that's a thing that happens um but what i've really noticed is this is really turning into a way for me to process things personally and talk out a belief system bring things that i've heard from other sources to the table and if the very least that happens from people listening to us is they find a little piece of the puzzle, just a, just a little part of their belief system that they're trying to piece together, or they find an avenue 
to a different source that helps them find that piece of the puzzle, then I'm happy because I'm getting something out of just you and I talking about this stuff. And we are going to try and have guests and we are going to try and have more pointed topics and we're going to, you know, try and, and, and progress or like, like a series and, and, and go through there. We're going to have these little waterfowl moments and current events podcasts like we did today. But if you got nothing but maybe a name, like anybody who's listening right now, look up Tim Alberino, Timothy Alberino. Just do it. He's got, yeah, definitely. I think he's got Twitter, definitely has Instagram, a YouTube channel that's amazing. He says he's, he's got a website, timothyalberino.com. Look up the Blurry Creatures, guys. They've been so pivotal. I think I can say this for Luke, too. In both of our journeys through trying to figure out what we truly believe. Yeah, it, it's definitely that way for me, too. And uh, Timothy Alberino, he, reading his book, helped the Bible make more sense to me than it ever did before. Yeah. All of it. And, like, I've been in the church most of my life. We kind of left the church and did the Hebrew roots thing, really dug into the Old Testament and stuff like that, and kind of living out that lifestyle to some extent. Reading his book helped make more sense of all of it than anything that I've ever done or studied, which is kind of amazing. And I applaud him for that. And there are other people out there with similar theories. Like I said, I don't necessarily agree with him on everything. That's the stuff that's in the weeds, not the overarching you know, theory that he puts out there. And I think looking at current events, looking at history, looking at religion and spirituality and putting all these things together, like it's, even if you don't agree with him at all, it's worth taking the time to either listen to or read his book or watch some of his videos or or something to get an idea of it. Plus the dude lived in the Peruvian jungle for a while had dreadlocks and a, a monkey that he tamed that rode around on his shoulder. So like, why would you not listen to that? Yeah. Most of my exposure to him has, I've been to his website. I want to read the book so bad. I haven't yet. So I hope you don't hear this, Tim. I, I apologize. But if you had it on audible, I would have heard it already. That's all I'm saying. And I know you probably have your reasons, but come on, you're missing out on listeners anyway. <laughs> Cause I it would have been, I probably would listen to it three times by now. But my exposure has come from the guys, uh, Nate and I always, sometimes I say Nate and Henry. It's Nate and Luke because I know Nate's last name is Henry. <laughs> Nate and Luke over at the Blurry Creatures, and then they brought us to Timothy Alberino and then a bunch of Dan Duvall and Judd, Dr. Judd Burton and Dr. Laura Sanger. And um, I really liked something from Matt Miller that was on there and Josh Peck. And there's just a there's a whole, uh, another uh, Tim, Tim Mackey and so many people that they have on there and then just over and over again and just the things that they're that they're peeling apart and just getting out and the amount of people that are listening to them and it's it's encouraging not just because would i love to be like those guys someday absolutely but they're helping me structure my belief system and i know earlier you said something about like you don't know if you agree with a hundred percent of what tim says tim alberino but i'm almost there like high 90s of everything he says like when he starts talking i go 
holy crap, that makes so much sense. I think I have more of a, and we, we can't say supernatural in the spirit of, of talking about Tim. Um, I have a little bit more of the uh, paranormal spirituality experience. And so he doesn't um, deal too much with that, but the rest of it, like I'm pretty on par with what he's talking about. And I'll just kind of throw it out there. That's the main, main thing that I don't agree with him on. And I don't even think I've never talked to him personally. I don't really think I disagree with him that much he presents it almost as like a hundred percent physical. Well, but he also like, he talks about the potential of higher dimension or something, but he's also like, like we've never proved that we can't show that we don't even know what that truly means. It's more theoretical than like legitimate. And like, for me, that's the thing where I'm like, I do believe there's a spiritual side of this and that there's a higher dimensional side of this. Whatever, if you want to call it spiritual or higher dimension that these, some of these things are able to interact with reality in a higher dimensional manner and in our dimension. However, that looks, you can call it spiritual, you can call it dimensions, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's proof for that, but not proof that we can actually scientifically prove because our science isn't there yet. Right. Um, And I think, I don't think he disagrees with that per se completely. But his point is like, you prove the physical, here's the physical, let me show you the physical. Well, and two, and I, I, two I, hours I, ago, literally, I was I went and got myself a taco for dinner while I was waiting for you to, to be available to do this. And I had him on in my car listening to it, and this is what he was talking about. He said that he doesn't discredit all of the spiritual or the paranormal. But mm-hmm. what he believes is the physical things that he can touch and put his hands on. There's people out there like that. There's a lot of Thomases out there. And that's a reference to the New Testament post-resurrection, but um, Jesus' resurrection. But um, he does say that he does not kind of poo-poo on all of the spirituality stuff. It's just not something that he personally has observed to a point where it's believable to him. And I think he does a really good job at explaining a lot of the things that people put into the paranormal basket that shouldn't be. He's, you know, he's onto it to that because he gives a really good explanation of how things can work and how things connect. And it goes, Oh wow, that really makes sense. But so that's I think that's where I stand with it, and that's why I'm saying like high ninety percent of what he says i'm I'm right there with, and it's just my spiritual paranormal experience that is what sets me apart that very small percentage is where I'm at yeah. and I just have to say since we're talking about Tim Alberino, that's a big deal. <laughs> I know he loves when people bring that up. Great. Now he's not going to come talk to us. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man, it would be so cool to get to actually. And I, I've I've thought about some of the blurry cons and the or the cruises that Tim's done and stuff like that for people to get tickets to. I've thought about looking into that someday. We got to think about that because yeah, like, that would be, be cool. a big deal. <laughs> it would be so so cool. But anyway, for for everybody that's listening, like we appreciate you dealing with the the foul talk. And uh, the foul language, yeah, yeah, the foul language that we throw around. Waterfowl. Um, I I hope you guys see that, like, we're kind of evolving and changing as we go, and we're learning, and we both bring our own quirkiness. And I definitely feel like I'm starting to loosen up and you know be a little more humorous and stuff, which I I think is good. Like, I've wanted that, but I've also been like, I have to present really professional or something. So I appreciate you guys for listening and I appreciate you for listening to us talk about other people and other theories. Like Mitchell said, I really hope you look into some of it because that's where we're getting a lot of this stuff. And it's like finding pieces of the puzzle. Like you might not need all the puzzle pieces to know what the picture is, but if you only have one, like, and that's how we grew up is like, we were kind of told all you need is the Bible and faith. But then when they, when you're like, what's faith? They're like, faith is believing what you don't understand and it's like that's not true that's not what faith is right <laughs> and we've but look at some of our older podcasts we kind of talk about what we you know faith is to us too like that was one puzzle piece and i still think it's a really really important puzzle piece and a really big puzzle piece at least for me in my life um and i think for everybody whether they see it or not but you know i'm not gonna force that on anybody that doesn't want it but like looking into Taoism helped me find another puzzle piece and Buddhism and aliens and Bigfoot and all sorts of different things that helped like give me puzzle pieces to start seeing the bigger picture more and more and more. And so that's why you bring up these other people. Cause like these are people that have been influential in our understanding. Um, and I'll bring up more books in the future too. There's one that I'm reading that I want to get further into before I talk about it too much. Um, but there's just really interesting stuff about history that's been hidden from us. Things that, that we're told aren't true, but like every people group in the world has writings mm-hmm. and oral history about it. And yet we're told that it's not true. Talk or listen to Laura Sanger's, uh, Dr. Laura Sanger's stuff. She pieces stuff yeah. together so well. And I'm going to, I have to, if, if we ever talk to her, I have to apologize because I skipped over some of it because it wasn't what I wanted to hear right at the moment, but I've went back and started to listen to some of it and she pieces it together. This, the, the history stuff and the connection to here and there and all the way up to modern times. Like there seems to be this big disconnect of, we have this story from a couple thousand years ago and it's highly, it could be bits and pieces of the story from hundreds of thousands of years ago in it. Um, but then there's a disconnect. All of a sudden there's like this black spot and you're in modern times and she pieces and, and throws some ropes together and, and, you know, pulls them together a little bit. So is that, that, that space. And it was really yeah. impressive to me. Really impressive. I really liked it. Yeah. And her stuff, I think, the things that she brings up in the Blurry Creatures podcast, because um, that's the only place I've heard her personally, um, she brings up stuff that's really important for today. Like, extremely important for today. 
and understanding certain things like maybe a certain war that we were involved in recently that all of a sudden isn't in the news anymore. Yeah. Um, and circumstances around all that going back into ancient history. Yep. And I've, I've alluded to some of that in the past. Um, but yeah, there's this is why it's redacted recover your mind because we've been taught to not think and human beings that think are the most dangerous thing in the universe. Um, cause we have a creative power and we can literally change things, whether it takes blood, sweat and tears or our attention and focus mm-hmm. or anything else. Like human beings can literally shape the world around us. And if we're not thinking human beings, we can't do that. Um, and I think that's been the big thing is like, that's been perpetrated against mankind that they, they stopped us from thinking and thinking that we're some lesser thing and we're unimportant. And it's like, none of that's true. I mean, we are lesser than some things in some ways, but it's like that, that's the point in time we're at. Like we're called to a higher, a higher standing in creation, but mm-hmm. we have to do things properly. Now we were created um, in the image of the creator for a reason. So we do create the circumstances around us to a certain point. We're never yeah. going to, affect the divine timeline you could say but we were created in that image in more than just our stunning good looks (laughs) i mean that's a part of it and i think tim and a lot of other guys tim alvarino and a lot of other guys talk about it like there's a reason that there are extraterrestrials that look like us and it's because they are and he likes to call them the elder race and i'm starting to really get behind that because they are an elder sibling in the family of Yawa. It, it makes sense. It really does. Yeah. It, it really does. So, well, Luke, I think that's it for me tonight. Yeah. I think that's all I've got. <laughs> we ran out of steam. We hit all the rabbit trails, but we cut a couple of them off so we could have something to talk about next time. But, um, yeah, yeah, I've got a I've got a pretty cool story I want to lead off with next with uh, next time. It doesn't have anything to do with any kind of birds, but I'm sure I can integrate them somehow. I'll figure out a way. I have a whole week to do it. So, well, either I'm going to try to not talk about birds at all next week, or it's going to be a, a continuing theme. I can't promise either way. I do know a lot about sheep too, so you know maybe. Maybe she is next. We'll see. I don't know. I'm thinking Luke O'Brien, the bird man, is where we're going to go with this. I have been called the chicken man before. So <laughs> Chicken. Well, I think you've morphed into the duck man. You were you were the quail man to me for a while. Um, yep. But you've definitely. That's why your, uh, your boss fears me, so. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for coming here and, and listening to us. We hope you get something, and if not, we hope that you, you find an avenue to get something and to, to piece a belief system together. And the reason I'm doing this is because I'm, I'm hungry for the truth, and I wasn't getting it from the sources that I was given, so I went out and tried to find my own. Glad that I found the guys and sources that I have. Recover your mind, people. Start thinking for yourself. Make your own decisions. 
you're going to be bad at it at first. Everyone is. You'll get better at it as you do it more. Be kind. Smile at people. And then make good decisions. That's all I got for you. And with that, see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Redacted Recover Your Mind podcast. For more episodes, click the link in the description.